Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. I am your host, Brother Elijah DeLello, and I have with me two very fine priests, Father uh, Anthony Tinker. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. And Father Peter Teresa McConnell. Define fine priests. <laughs> <laughs> you define fine priests. I don't know. That's, thank you for that warm compliment. You're welcome. Most uh, generous with, host. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say now next time when we start because... <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to butter you up a little bit, but now I don't know. I am thoroughly buttered. I am ready. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, three things in this podcast, three wonderful things uh, relevant to the month that we're in. Uh, those of you who have listened to this podcast before, we might have covered one of them previously, um, but this month is the month of September, which is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows. Amen. Uh, likewise, uh, some of you may know that we are in the middle of uh, St. Michael's Lent. Uh, and during that Lent, it was St. Francis of Assisi went up to Mount Alverna and prayed for 40 days. Uh, and during this time, uh, there were three very uh, significant feasts that occurred. Uh, Father Peter Therese, would you tell me, what, what are these three feasts? Well, the first one, uh, which will be... Tuesday, September 14th, is the uh, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. Mm. Then the following day, uh, this year on Wednesday, September 15th, we have uh, the the Our Lady of Sorrows, for which this month is named after. And then on Friday, September 17th this year, is uh, the Feast of the Stigmata of St. Francis, where mm. we celebrate uh, that glorious occasion where he received the Stigmata of Mount Alverna, as you were just referring to. Yes, yes. It's a good week. It's a good week. So we have uh, maybe too much to cover. Well, it's it's kind of interesting. It's like <laughs> only in the Catholic Church are we like celebrating this like really like like passion filled events yeah. where we're talking about like. And we're just happy about it. <laughs> we're like the exaltation of the cross in which our Savior was crucified by yeah. humanity. You know, the like the 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 beauty of our our lady who was pierced by a sword at the foot of a cross, and like the probably first saints in history to receive the wounds of the stigma, at least the first recorded saint, and like the wounds of the passion, yeah. and we're like celebrating these feasts for sure. Because of these great guys. I like I love the Catholic Church. Yeah, no, the it is so. I mean, that's just the beauty of the faith that we um, that we celebrate. Um, that the Lord, or I guess rather, what we say is that that the Lord enters into the darkness and completely transforms it, so that is able then to be celebrated. That that the cross is not empty. Uh, that the Our Lady's sorrows are not unto despair, and that Francis's experience of of the cross is. Uh, is mystical union and mystical marriage. And so, uh, yeah, it's this awesome reality of our faith where, where Jesus comes in, where God comes in into, into the darkness, into the pain, into the sorrow, and, and transforms it. Yes, it was with this trifecta of sufferings. Trifecta of sufferings. Yes. It's, it's, a little, it's like a little, its own little triduum yeah. in the middle of September. <laughs> which, is, which is really good because it's good for us uh, 
to have that reality check. Um, I, I wonder if maybe we just start with the exaltation of the cross. Maybe we just go in order here. Yeah, let's do um, it. But uh, Father Anthony, if you could just maybe give us a little bit about exaltation of the cross. What is this? What is this feast all about? Well, uh, then you know it's all in the name, the exaltation <laughs> of the Holy Cross. So uh, it's it's beautiful in the sense of. Um, it, it, so we celebrate it because it's the day in which Helen discovered the cross. Mm-hmm. So St. Helen, for those who don't know history, uh, the daughter, or sorry, the mother of St. Constantine, or not Emperor Constantine, getting there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Still early. And she goes to Jerusalem, and she uh, goes to look for holy things, the mm-hmm. holy things of God. She does a pilgrimage there, and... Uh, Start, as the legend has it, she took a dead body with her to Calvary because there's, it, you know, it's this hill where they crucified a bunch of people. There's a bunch of crosses everywhere. They just started digging up crosses, and one by one, she just laid this dead body on these crosses. And eventually, she laid it on this one cross, and the guy came back to life. She's like, "That's the cross of Jesus." Yeah, that, that would be <laughs> that'd be pretty indicative. It's pretty strong evidence that she found it. So we celebrate uh, the exaltation of the cross in remembrance of the finding of the cross, but also because we want to celebrate the cross. Uh, Good Friday is this day where we're kind of we're mourning the cross, which is, there's a, a it's right and just that we do that. Yeah. We're mourning the death of our Savior, but at the same time, the cross is like the center of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. It is it, it is the moment in which that Jesus Christ offers his life for the sake of our sins. The doors of heaven are open. There's just all this great stuff that happens. So there needs to be a time kind of away from Good Friday where we just say, hey, I want to celebrate the cross for a second. Like, I have to mourn on Friday, which I need to mourn on, on Good Friday. Yeah. And t- But on the exaltation, I'm celebrating. I'm having a feast day. I'm eating some ice cream. <laughs> We're celebrating Jesus wins the victory. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true and it's so right because Good Friday just hurts. Good Friday just hurts. Uh, and it's it's such a stark and somber liturgy, um, and you feel the pain of it. Uh, you feel the the weight of our sins, uh, especially if you've watched Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ, and you get a sense of just how awful and horrific um, the the price of our salvation was. So it is nice to then have a day in which you know we can celebrate the cross and. And even just having the 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 privilege of of being at Calvary uh, two years ago before the pandemic started, we led a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and and then even having the the exceptional privilege of getting to spend the night in the church of of the cross of 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 the church that holds both the the empty tomb and and Mount Calvary, um, and getting to just spend some time to praying there, and just to see how how beautifully adorned it is how magnificent, how majestic the altar is, and just how, how beautiful they have made it. Um, and, and that, yeah, the cross is, is our salvation. Uh, it is, it's what opened heaven for us. And so it is this thing, um, not this thing, how, uh, if I can say that, but, but it is that the instrument and, and that symbol of our faith that, that we wear all the time, that we sign ourselves with every day, um, that, that everyone has a cross in their room or a cross on their necklace or, um, and so it is this beautiful, beautiful sign that we have that, that we can just step back and just thank God for and, and celebrate it, um, that we will for all eternity. And only, I mean, this symbol, which for the Roman people would have been the symbol of ultimate humiliation, mm-hmm. you know, that they put their slaves and their prisoners, their rebels, anybody <laughs> they were crucifying on the, you know, the, the main roadways of Rome. So people would walk by and be like, if you if you commit a crime against Rome, this is what happens yeah. to you. 
And, and yet, this symbol of complete humiliation and dejection for the Roman people, Jesus takes upon himself. Yeah. And he takes the curse upon himself. And then he wins victory through it and says, I will take this, this symbol of humiliation and make it a symbol of victory, which he does in our own lives too. It's, it's so yeah. beautiful and, and also symbolic. Not, I mean, there, there's tons of symbolism in there, but the fact that he takes even those things that are the most humiliating and moment, dejecting moments of our lives, and if we let him in by the power of his Holy Spirit, they become the triumphs of our lives because we've seen God work through even the worst moments, the worst things that have ever happened to us. We do have a tendency, I think, in, in our modern society, our modern culture, and our, our modern mind to, um, to anesthetize things, to, to clean things up, to, to kind of wash over them. You know, we, the, the, the pain is like the ultimate evil um, in, in the world, and, and, and we just don't believe that as Christians. Uh, the, the, yeah, the pain is, 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 not a, is not a good thing, but, but we're, not, we're not strict utilitarians where our, our moral code is, is to avoid pain and to increase pleasure at all costs. Um, and so, and so there are, the, 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 the cross is, is, is our philosophy. The, the cross is our worldview where, where we believe that, that even, even those pains and sufferings that maybe Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit don't want for us, have not willed for us, but in his permissive will has allowed that, that he's so good and he's so loving and he's so powerful that, that he's even able to, to transform them and make them for our good. That there is no evil, there is no um, tragedy that we can suffer that, that Christ cannot turn into a victory. And so, yeah, that, 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 that Christ would have been utterly humiliated upon the cross, that, that he, would, he, would have been, he would have been naked on the cross. And, and, and we, don't, we don't depict him that way. We kind of, we, we, we clean it up. We clean the cross up um, because it's hard for us to look at. But, um, but just the, the utter humiliation that he would have endured, the, the, the rejection that he would have endured from the people that he came to save, that the people that he loved, that he created, uh, and that, that then he enters into those things in our lives. He enters into our humiliations. He enters into our rejections. He enters into, into our pain and our suffering and, and transforms them. And, and those things will be for our great glory in heaven, that, that we will shine all the brighter in heaven for the things that we have suffered through and that we have allowed Christ to completely transform and be exalted through. Sounds like a triumph. Sounds like a triumph. <laughs> Very Amen. good. Uh, so why is it, I mean, let's, let's one more little question about this, and then I think we need to, to move on since we have a, a three-part in one episode. You're getting a whole lot, folks. Criminal. So it hold on to your, whatever it is you're holding on to right now. <laughs> um, you're driving, watch the foot pedal, watch your, watch your speed. But... Uh, what day is it typically that the exaltation on the cross falls on? Um, is there a day that it usually falls on? Um, if so, um, what, why? You know, why, why is it this day? Um, what, um, what can I do to prepare myself for it? Should I prepare for it? Is this a day of fasting? Is this a day of celebration? Mm -hmm. It's always September 14th. Mm -hmm. Every year, it's it's a fixed feast in the church. It never it never moves. It's always September fourteenth, uh, and it's not a day of fasting. It's not a day of penance. It's a, it's a feast day in the church, uh, and so it's a Tuesday this year. Uh, and so feast, celebrate, um, do something. 
Uh, you can feast and celebrate in in in, in I don't know, maybe a worldly sense. You know what I mean? That that so so often food and drink signify for us celebration. So you know, have some dessert tonight. Um, you know, maybe have a little uh, a little nightcap or something like that. A little <laughs> glass of wine or that nice IPA that you've been saving or whatever it is. But uh, but but also you to celebrate in 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 a worldly way, but also celebrate in a spiritual way. Um, to to make acts of thanksgiving. Um. Mm-hmm. To, to thank the Lord for the cross, to, to stop and do a church today and just to look at the cross and, and, and to thank the cross. And, and you, you can pray that, that prayer of St. Francis, you know, we, we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Yeah. Um, and he would pray that every time he visited a church. And that's a beautiful thing to do anytime we enter into a church. And so, so also make some act of, of spiritual significance today to, to acknowledge just how much that you are loved. Yeah. Um, that the cross happen because you are loved so to do something spiritual as well to to acknowledge that so it's on september 14th uh, and i don't know why this specific day um so it it changes what day of the week it is just depends on the year and um it's one of two things would be my best educated guess one is it's just the actual day helen discovered the cross Mm. um we're we love tradition we love dates and we hold on to tradition so it could just be that she discovered the cross on the 14th, so that's why we celebrate the, the exaltation of the cross on the day she discovered it. Or it was probably some old pagan feast, you know, it, whether it be in the Germanic tribes or the Romans or somebody, and the Catholic Church is like, man, we don't want people doing whatever they're doing, going to this pagan feast day on the 14th of September anymore. Let's pick a Catholic feast for us to celebrate and exaltation of the cross. Uh, you know, they wanted to celebrate the, when Helen found the cross, and I celebrate the cross, I said, okay, Taking over this pagan feast, put it in a Catholic feast so we can celebrate the Lord on a day instead of turning to the, the things of this world to celebrate. Yes. And uh, is this a holy day of obligation? Do it I is, have to go to Mass? It is not a holy day of obligation, but it would certainly be most appropriate to go to Mass. Mass is Calvary. Hmm. Uh, mass is, uh, is us entering into that moment of our salvation. And so there would be no greater way than to celebrate the exaltation and the triumph of the cross, then receiving the fruits of the cross, which is the body and the blood of Christ that is given to us in the Eucharist. So not a holy day of obligation, but as strongly as I can encourage you to go to Mass today, I encourage you to go to Mass on September 14th. Amen. Okay, so we have the triumph of the cross. We have the, uh, the victorious uh, victory, if you will, it's a really good way to use two words. It's beautiful. Differently. Beautiful. Poetic. <laughs> um, that the the other side of the cross, where yeah. the, where we celebrate, as you said, Good Friday, uh, and it's it's really remembering what our Lord suffered in order that we might have redemption. Uh, and now remembering on the triumph of the cross, the the victory that the Lord won, uh, that He also ascended into glory, that we might receive the Holy Spirit, become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. Now let's transfer, let's go a, a, a couple days forward or a day forward here um, to Our Lady, Our Lady mm-hmm. of Sorrows. So uh, what, is, what is this feast day all about? What are we celebrating here? So we celebrate the day after the triumph of the cross. And obviously the church has done this for a very you know, particular reason because they want to show the, the connection between the triumph of the cross and Our Lady of Sorrows, who is there at the cross. And so the month of September is dedicated. So we didn't know this. Every month of the calendar year is dedicated to, you know, a different either Saint Joseph or the Sacred Heart or uh, you know different the angels, uh, the holy souls, whatever the case may be. But particularly September is 
focused on Our Lady of Sorrows. Mm. And we remember her, which is a particular, because we have these, these great triumph of the cross in Our Lady of Sorrows. It's a whole month to turn and maybe even pray the Our Lady of Sorrows Rosary. Um, we can talk about that in a second. But um, so the day after we celebrate the triumph of the cross, we celebrate the fact that Our Lady was there, that most of his apostles had left, all but one apostle. You know, and most of the disciples, he had healed thousands of people. Thousands of people who had received these miracles, the bread and loaves, you know, those are loaves and fish has been multiplied. All this, all these people have seen the great work Jesus has done. And here he is at his moments of greatest agony, uh, the moment of where he's being completely abandoned by so many. And there's only a few people there. But one of them, no surprise, is his mother. Mm-hmm. It's Mary, who's there, who Simeon prophesied she would be pierced by a sword, right? And this is the moment where spiritually um, she is experiencing a death. Um, and probably phys- even the physical pains of watching your son, who you know is innocent, you know is God, uh, suffering on the cross. And so Our Lady, uh, we remember her. Remember that moment where she uh, endured her own passion, her own suffering, um, for the sake of the body of Christ, for she is the Virgin May Church, she represents the whole church. And in that moment, she kind of uh, it becomes another symbol of the church for us, as she, and the, she becomes the mother of the church as Jesus gives uh, John the Beloved to her as a son and gives Mary to John the Beloved as a mother. Saints, saints are just mysterious people. And then, and then our lady who's like just in a class of her own, (laughs) she's fully human. She's fully human. Um, And I think we, we do, we do so rightly and we do so well to honor her and to venerate her and and to put her on a pedestal um, rightly. I mean, she is the mother of God. She is the Immaculate Conception. Um, she deserves that pedestal. Um, but it's not—it's not to the rejection that she's not human. Um, she's she's completely human, and it's so hard for us to imagine what it's like to be human without without sin. Um, all of us are are sinners, um, and we can't. It's hard for us to grasp what it would like to actually live without never having original sin or having committed any 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 sin in our lives and 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 it's actually when we get it we get it so confused in our day and age where, where we think sin is is something human that, that you know to, to sin is to be human where it's actually sin is deeply inhuman and deeply dehumanizing um, that it 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 makes us less than than what we are uh, and so our lady's fully human and that doesn't mean then that she doesn't feel things um, she feels things more deeply and more intensely than any human being ever could because she has never sinned and her passions are rightly ordered. Um, and so, so her sorrow and her grief at, at the crucifixion of, of, of the God man, of the Savior, um, is, is so deep and so intense. Um, and then also that this is her, her, her flesh and blood. This is her son, um, is also so deep and so intense. And so, um, I think for me, this feast just invites me deeper into um, into what it actually means to be a human, to be a child of God, and and to recognize that um, that we still feel deeply, um, but we feel rightly. Um, that her grief then is not unto unto despair, um, but she is full of hope at the resurrection of her son in in a few short days, um, and yet. And yet she she weeps um, and feels so intensely the sorrow of the cross as well. So what um, what what do you think that we can do 
to know Our Lady uh, under this title a little bit more, to, to grow in relationship with her, Our Lady of Sorrows? What, what can we do yeah. to... We talked about the Our Lady of Sorrows Rosary. If you know anything about that, it's a beautiful uh, devotional practice where it's kind of seven you know, decades, so it's not really, I mean, you call it a decade, it's not really, you're not praying 10 Hail Marys for each, but you're, you're, you're meditating upon the seven sorrows of Mary. You're meditating upon uh, this prophecy of Simeon, that her sword's going to be pierced. You're meditating upon uh, the flight into e- Egypt, you know, and the massacre of the innocents, upon her losing Jesus, you know, when he was 13 years old, when he's in the temple uh, with his father, her seeing Jesus on his road to Calvary. And then, you know, there she was, meditating upon her being Our Lady of Sorrows in that moment. Uh, the foot of the cross, then her holding the body of her son, the Pieta, after he has died, and then laying him in the tomb. And so uh, you remember that, that Our Lady had experienced this extreme sorrow in her life. And so to pray and meditate upon these mysteries of Our Lady, you know, typically the rosary we're meditating upon the life of Jesus, but in this particular devotional, we're meditating upon the sorrows of Mary and recalling these sorrows. And there's all these promises that come with, with the, the sorrows rosary um, that, that Our Lady is going to respond and answer because why? She's, she's fully human, as Father Pierre yeah. Teresa said. And she, she to, you're, it's almost like you're consoling a mother in the midst of her grief, you know, in a sense, in this mystical sense where in the midst of that grief she experienced at the cross, um, that, that you're there with her and you're, you're, you're there with, this, with her who is mother and saying, I understand this sorrow. Like, I, I, I help me to feel the same sorrow at the death of Jesus. So the, the Seven Sorrows Rosary would be an incredibly beautiful way to remember and to recall and ask for the prayers of Our Lady of Sorrows. Evil, um, evil doesn't make any sense. We'll never make sense of it. Um, it's irrational. It's, and, and so, and we've all, no one is a stranger to it. We've all experienced it. Uh, we've all experienced tragedy. Uh, we've all experienced the loss of someone we love very deeply. Uh, we've all been hurt by people very, very deeply. Uh, and, and so because it doesn't make sense, because evil is irrational, um, that there is no, there is no like, logical answer to it that is ever satisfying. And so, and so God so very often does not give us that. He just gives us himself. We're just not alone in it. He comes and joins us. And, and even more than that, he also then now gives us his mother. Um, and, and, and who knows better than how to just be with a broken heart better than a mom? Um, and so Our Lady, and, and, and this is, goes for our relationship with the Lord and for all the saints, that, that, that they are alive, that they're real people, that they can be in relationship. And so um, wherever, that, wherever that sorrow is in your own life, just ask Our Lady to come. Um, and just say, I want to know you. Um, I want to know you like the, as if you're a real person because you are. Um, and speak to her as if she's a real person. And, and let her speak to you about her sorrows and, and speak to her about your own sorrows. And, and, and you can console one another um, in that. So that would be to my encouragement and how to get to know Our Lady of Sorrows. And uh, the earlier feast... Um, associated with Our Lady of Sorrows was actually Our Lady of Compassion. Yeah, uh, and so I think that there's something, something even in that title that um, it can kind of show us a little bit about, you know, what it is that Our Lady is really doing, and yeah. you know, the word compassion to suffer with that Our, Our Lady really is suffering with Our Lord um, in such a deep way, uh, in a way that you know, unless she she wants to reveal that to us as we pray the, the seven sorrows rosary. We meditate upon uh, her sorrows and the sorrows of her son. 
uh, we may never know, um, as you were saying, Father, because she's so pure that that suffering is something we couldn't comprehend. Um, a little bit about uh, those sorrows, just it, what kind of graces do you think would come? You know, or what? I know Our Lady promises certain graces with them, but uh, what kind of graces can come just with, you know, we're talking about the exaltation of the cross, we're talking about Our Lady of Sorrows, we're going to talk about um, the stigmata St. Francis, uh, and certainly he he loved to meditate upon the crucified one. Um, what kind of graces can we expect? We'll, we'll go through and give her promises. Yeah. You know, that she's given and associates with the seven sorrows. So first she says, I will grant peace to their families. Mm. How beautiful. You know, especially yeah. if your family's in tension right now, there's not peace in your family. Gather together, pray the seven sorrows rosary every night as a family and pray for peace in the family. She says, they will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. So through Our Lady, I mean, just like the wedding of Cana, what does she do? She points to her son. She will always, Mary will always lead you closer to Jesus. She doesn't want the credit for herself. She doesn't want the glory. She wants to give all the glory to her son. And so she's going to understand more her son, the divine mysteries. Um, she says, I will console them in their pains and I will accompany them in their work. Mm. It, she knows pain. She knows suffering. And so when you turn to her who knows pain and suffering and you say, be with me, she does. Um, for I will give them as much as they ask for as long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine Savior or the sanctification of their souls. So obviously she's there to answer our petitions, our needs. So we're praying for specific attentions through Our Lady of Sorrows. She's going to respond to those. I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. We're at battle. We're at war. Yeah. And I think all of us talk about in situations where <clears throat> the devil has you know, been on the attack, on the go against us, and Our Lady wants to protect us. We have to turn to her for intercession. Um, she crushes the head of the serpent. And so she's promised that if we have this devotion, she'll help. Uh, two more. I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. <laughs> I mean, enough said right there. <laughs> like, I want to see Mary there in the room when I'm going. For sure. I want her, I want her advocating for me yes. the moment I die. Yes. So she's, I will help them, visibly help them at the moment of their death. Um, and then seven, I've obtained this grace from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and uh, my sorrows will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness. Because all their sins will be forgiven. My son will be their eternal consolation and joy. That's directly, we're talking about, it seems if like a skip of purgatory, like praying this is almost mitigating the purgatory time that's needed. We talk about purgatory in another podcast um, through the devotion to Our Lady of Sorrow. Amen. There's a lot of really wonderful graces. Amen. Um, let's go now to the stigmata of St. Francis. Let's do what it. Is, what is this all about? What's what's the feast all about? And tell me a little bit about it, Father Peter Teresa. The stigmata of St. Francis is the, it's a Franciscan feast, but it's also in the uh, the whole church calendar now. The whole church celebrates it. Um, Go Franciscans, uh, where where St. Francis went up during the St. Michael's Lent, which we are, and I know some of you are, I've talked to some of you who are also doing St. Michael's Lent with us, where he went up to Mount Laverna to pray uh, during this time. And it was during this this time he was praying and where he had a, a vision of a six-winged seraph. Uh, so a seraph is, is a burning one. It's one of the, the highest choirs of angels. So he had a vision of this, this burning angel, but it was fastened uh, to a cross. And then shortly thereafter, uh, I, I guess I don't want to get into what happened exactly because it is disputed, and, and different biographers talk, describe it very differently. But 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 shortly thereafter, then he um, began to experience in his hands and in his side uh, the the wounds of Christ Himself. So uh, his flesh raised up, and it, it appeared like there were nails in his hands and in his feet, and his side open, and it began to to bleed. Um, and so it was this, this, this great, great unheard of mystery of the faith. 
um, of any saint experiencing anything quite like that uh, until St. Francis. So it's a, it's a beautiful and mystical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Anthony, if I could direct your statement. So we have St. Michael's Lent, which we're in the middle of. We said that St. Francis was meditating for 40 days. Uh, we're speaking about the exaltation of the cross, Our Lady of Sorrows. And it would seem that St. Francis received the stigmata during these days. Can you, can you tie in the three things that we're talking about? <laughs> um, so his biographer, Shalom, would talk about how Francis meditated constantly on the humility of the Incarnation and the charity of the Passion, hmm. just constantly in his mind. Um, there's a great uh, a saint we're celebrating today, St. Nicholas, not the famous St. Nicholas, but a St. Nicholas. And it's about how he was just from a very young age, very holy, and always contemplating things of God. And that he would avoid anything, any conversations, any activities that took him away from the contemplation of God. So anything that drug down his mind and his heart from the, thing, from the things of God, he didn't want to be a part of it. Because he always mm-hmm. wanted to be thinking about the divine mission. He was always thinking about God, turning his heart and his mind to the Lord. And, and the same with Francis. He just reached this place where his heart and his mind were just consumed with God is consumed with the passion and so consumed with the charity, the love that Jesus Christ showed to the passion that, that, that God conformed him, you know, in this mystical reasons to be a suffering, you know, saints to receive the, these wounds for the sake of, of the salvation of, of his soul and the salvation of other souls uh, and offering of, of prayer and penance that he receives the, the wounds of Christ. And so what's the connection is, is the triumph of the cross, uh, is this the beauty of the cross that, that we as the faithful Christians need to be meditating upon the cross meditating upon the reality of what that event is. Read your scriptures, read your Bible to know what happened if you don't know kind of all the details. Um, watch the Passion of the Christ. Um, you know, do, you know, pray about it. Imagine it. Imagine yourself there with Our Lady and then think about Our Lady and then imitate St. Francis. We just constantly, we're just constantly turning ours to the cross. And there's many, talk about what to do in a holy hour. Like there's many times when I always do, so I just close my eyes and think about the cross. Kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just distracted if so much going on. It's just like, you know what? If I just put myself at the cross, like, I know that's a, that's the safe place to be. Not always a fun place to be, but I know it's a place where if my heart's there, everything else will get put in order. Yeah, if I could just jump in real briefly. That it's, um, it's, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable image, but, but it's in our tradition, and it's absolutely the reality where, where God has come to wed himself to his people. Um, where we sing it at Easter, where, where the things of heaven are wed to those of earth, that we talk about union, talk about becoming one with God. And obviously marriage is uh, a, a beautiful image of that here in this world. But, um, and, 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 and the tradition and, and spiritual writers say that, you know, that, that the cross is the marriage bed. Um, it's where we become one with God, that for whatever reason, Jesus chose to keep his wounds after the resurrection. Um, and then, and so I have to believe that we will have our wounds in heaven. Um, and, and perhaps Christ will allow us to share in his wounds with him as well, where, where we become so one with him. And Francis had become so one with Christ that they physically became visible to, to, the, to the world. Um, and so it is... It is Our Lady of Sorrows where, where we enter deeply into the pains of this life. It is the exaltation of the cross where Christ transforms and transfigures them um, and that we become one with him and, and we bear his wounds and, and he bears our wounds in a way in which 
which we are one and wedded to him. Amen. So St. Francis could have said with St. Paul, you know, let, let no man bother me. I bear the marks of Christ That's right. in my flesh. That's yeah. right. Time for a question. Oh, boy. You my, better be ready. I don't know. I mean, we had new, it's a new facilitator. Yeah, Father days. Anthony always threw me into a quick panic with these questions, good, so hopefully good. I have, you know. Well, since we are talking about suffering, <laughs> oh boy, tell me, Father Anthony, about a movie that you saw that caused you to cry. Oh, to weep. no. I, I got this one. To this lament. Is, this, is, this, is, this is an easy one. Um, it's Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah. Um, and, and so the context is I was actually in formation. It was a postulate. And our, our, our formator, like, yeah, you're already, you're already in a place where you just kind of, Lord, those be to open, open you up pretty raw. And uh, it was totally, I had no, never heard of the movie, never heard of the book. And our postulate director's like, hey, yeah, it's like, this movie looks good. It looks like some kind of like Narnia-like movie. So my min- mentality is like, I'm going to watch like Nardia, you know, like <laughs> Prince Caspian, this battle between like animals and people. Like I'm, I'm in this like one mentality and I'm not going to ruin the movie, but they, they get you, they make you fall in love with, you know, the characters and then things happen. And I was just in, in the theater, like just weep, like, like tears <laughs> streaming down my eyes, like, you know, wanting to go home and like pray holy hours, you know, for <laughs> for these characters because of this, you know. Um, but yeah, so that I, it, I, I'm so I'm I'm a crier. I just people like probably won't believe it because I'm uh, I don't you know I'm pastor, so I'm always kind of in authority mode. But like, yeah, a good movie that make you cry, it'll give me I, I'll tear it up pretty 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 easily. Yes, Father Peter Teresa. Well, it just it was funny that you mentioned Narnia because I think we were watching. Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think during COVID at some point, and and what they do depicting Aslan's death. Uh, watching that again, I was like, okay, this is really <laughs> evoking. Just the Christ symbolism is so strong, and 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 so that definitely like I was definitely in the back of the fryer in the couch, just trying to like, who's cutting onions in the kitchen, you know. <laughs> uh, but I would say in the theater, um, I went and saw Les Miserables, and it's a very similar experience. I knew nothing about the plot. I knew nothing about the story. I knew nothing about the music of it. And uh, I, I think it was, I think it was the song "Empty Chairs at Empty Tables," and oh, yeah. it was just, it just was tugging on all the sad places in my heart, and definitely, definitely brought some tears to my eyes. So, wow, I can't believe you're, you know. Wow, this is really this is an embarrassing question, brother. No, no I'm not embarrassed. I I don't mind it. I cry at movies. Like, <laughs> I don't know why this is no. like. It just kind of I think just embrace it. Yeah. And like don't even like I don't care about the cut onions thing. I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm just I'm I'm losing it here. That's great. We don't have onions. <laughs> <laughs> there there were no onions in the fryer. <laughs> I definitely cried during uh, Pearl Harbor at the end. That definitely got me. That Didn't know is what was happening. Awesome. Didn't yeah, know what was happening. It. I guess I have to. Anywho, thank you for joining us. Let's close in a prayer. Father Patrice, would you close us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your cross. Uh, we exalt you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Lord, we know that that you said that when you are lifted high, that you will draw all men to yourself. And, and we know that you meant the cross, Lord. And, and so through your cross, we ask that you would just draw all men to yourself, that all men might be saved, that all might, might come to know the salvation you have won for them on the cross. And, and Our Lady our lady of Sorrows, uh, our Blessed Mother, uh, we ask that through, through your intercession uh, and, and through your sorrows and through your participation with Christ in the cross, that, 
that you would intercede for us and, and win many graces and win many merits for us for the conversion of our own lives and for the conversion of our families, that, that whoever those people are who we're carrying in our hearts, who, who, who are far from you, that, that cause us great sorrow. We just ask that, that you would be a mother to them and intercede for them and, 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 and win for them uh, their conversion. And St. Francis, you who are so united to, to the cross, uh, we just ask that you would pray for us now. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.